welcome to the British Continental Podcast, brought to you by Continental. Continental have been supporters of the domestic road scene for over 25 years. The go-to tyre brand for elite riders, from the off-camber cobbled corners of the Durham Tour Series to the farm tracks of the Cycle Classic. Hello, I'm Denny Gray and welcome to episode four of our Tour of Britain Diaries. Stage four of the Tour of Britain was the Queen stage of the race and it didn't disappoint. Glorious sunshine, glorious scenery and a glorious parkour were matched with glorious racing. Just glorious. We also have five glorious diary entries for your delectation this evening. We hear from a disappointed Ribble Well type pro cycling DS Colin Sturgis, a shattered Andy Turner from Swift Carbon Pro Cycling, a confident Matt Bostock itching for a sprint finish on stage five, a double act from Great Britain riders Bob Donaldson and Ollie Stockwell, and a happy Rory Townsend, who says he had a lot of fun today. On to the stage summary then. Wout van Aert triumphed atop the Great Orm after out-sprinting, just reigning world champion Julian Alaphilippe. The pair finished on the same time, with Michael Woods one second further back, while overnight leader Ethan Hayter slipped back to second place overall just two seconds in arrears on Van Aert, finishing eight seconds behind. The break of the day contained four of the six domestic teams, if you count Great Britain as the sixth, with breakaway artist Jacob Scott of the Canyon DHB Sun God team, Bob Donaldson, who we've just mentioned, home favourite Griff Lewis from Ribble Well Type Pro Cycling, and Ollie Peckover from Swift Carbon Pro Cycling, joined by Nicholas Sessler from Global Six, and Joaquin Merguelde from Caja Ruel, which is not a mouthful whatsoever. Scott's third breakaway in as many stages meant he extended his lead in both the Skoda King of the Mountains and Iceberg Sprints classifications. As the race entered the Snowdonia National Park, yesterday's diarist Tom Glogue and his Trinity Racing teammate Ben Healy teamed up with Movistar's Mark Soler for a foray of their own. They eventually joined the leading six, but ultimately they were all swept up by the speeding peloton with around 50 kilometres to go. We then saw Rory, amongst others, make a few digs to establish a new break, but ultimately it all came down to the final punishing climb up the Great Orm. Max Stedman was the best place to the domestic team riders, coming in 11th, just 29 seconds back, while Mark Donovan of Team DSM and 19-year-old Ollie Stockwell were the best under-23 riders in 14th and 15th place, respectively. James Shaw managed 22nd after a mechanical, as Colin Sturgis explains, but nonetheless Shaw is up one place on GC to 14th and is the best place domestic rider overall. And a shout out too for Tom Glogue, who came in just 1 minute and 14 seconds down despite his breakaway efforts. He now lies 23rd overall. Stage 5 sees the peloton heading to Cheshire for a 152.2 kilometre outing that is widely predicted to be one for the sprinters. First up, we hear from Ribblewell Type Pro Cycling DS Colin Sturgis, who as ever provides a candid assessment of the team's performance. Apologies in advance for a minor swear word, which I think we can forgive him after a frustrating day. Hi everyone, this is Colin Sturgis, Ribblewell Type Pro Cycling DS, and this is my Stage 4 report. Um, very disappointing day for us, um, and... Yeah, I just feel in- incredibly sad for the boys. We plan to get James into position um, nicely around the Great Orm and uh, everything was looking good. We'd sent 
Griffith Lewis, Welsh Road Race champion up the road. He'd had a wonderful day. Um, he'd been presented to um, a slightly COVID-reduced crowd at the start, but um, allowed to go forward and um, basically just uh, have a have a glory day, which was fantastic for him. And then, um, yeah, just see him get in the break was uh, just the the cherry on top so um you know great day out for griff he took the first sprint as well which was you know pretty special for him and special for the team um and yeah the the you know the race was pretty formulaic uh up until um the ed as well um climb and you know that's where things started to kick off a bit and um a few riders were you know sort of lost from the bunch but um, everything was planning out nicely. We had um, four in the uh, four in the move, or four, sorry, four in the, um, the the front of the group, and um, James was very comfortable. But once again, unfortunately, um, mechanical demons uh, hit us. We had uh, two issues in the neutral zone, which um, delayed the start slightly, uh, and then um, just a, just a series of. of niggling little things throughout the day uh culminated in james shaw's uh bike basically shitting itself on the uh descent with about three k's to go and thankfully gibbo was with him and hopped off gave him gibbo's own bike uh to finish the stage and um the issue therefore was that james chased managed to get on but got on at the foot of the uh the left hand kicker onto the the steep part of the uh, the final climb, the category one to to the finish, which is which is phenomenally steep. Um, he was already in the red by doing that, and then of course to ride himself through the group to about fifteenth position. Um, but obviously, when Walt van Aert, Julian Alaphilippe, and uh, others started kicking off, that was it. Poor James was was spent, um, and he rolled in forty seven seconds down on Van Aert, which if you look at it in real terms is, is pretty decent still to have chased, got there, uh, done an effort getting there and to be able to, uh, you know, sort of ride himself through. So it wasn't a complete disaster. Um, he's moved up to 14th on general from 15th. Um, and obviously now the GC gaps are starting to, uh, starting to increase somewhat. So that's not great, but you know, tomorrow's another day and, um, you know, we ride again. It's, um, decision time tonight and, um, you know, some hard decisions are going to have to be made within the team. And, um, yeah. So I'm going to keep it short and sweet tonight. Um, I will report that a very nice looking, um, beer has just arrived in front of me. So, uh, I will be sampling that, um, as is my want. And, um, yeah, I'll report in, again tomorrow after stage five um we're riding for matt gibson on obviously looking after james shaw but um who knows uh, i think quite honestly time now has come to just roll the dice a little bit more and um just start to think a little bit outside the square so we'll see we'll see um i'm also looking at my uh wonderful ds sean mcnichol here with an aperol spritz which is it's it is floating my boat. Yeah, baby. There you go. Anyway, before this gets too silly, this is Cole signing off. Um, 
thanks for listening. Uh, I'm quite enjoying doing these and um, I hope you uh, are enjoying listening to them. All right. All the best. Bye. Cheers, Colin. Swift Carbon Pro Cycling's Andy Turner finished 101st today, the second to last rider on the road, and he is understandably pooped after a testing day. Hey, Andy here. Had a chance to rest a bit after today and shower and eat some food before having more at dinner. Um, interesting stage today for us. Good stage for the team. Um, Ollie getting away straight away there. Uh, interesting start with us going from standstill to race go straight away. Um, my legs felt absolutely awful at the start and I was quite worried, but they sort of came into play a bit. We worked hard to keep Alex more up towards the front. There were a few parts of the race where things all got a bit hectic with fighting for position. I think when the break got about nine minutes up the road, uh, the chase sort of started a bit more in earnest, uh, particularly with Ineos on the front driving the pace up significantly. Uh, the first second category climb was pretty steady, to be fair. felt like I was riding into myself a bit again. They're starting to recover from the fatigue. Uh, the Category 1 climb was not fun. Uh, the steep section sort of dispatched me. And then I was agonisingly close to a group of riders just up ahead. But then in the wind, it was not easy on my own. So ended up chasing for about 75 kilometres. Picked up one other rider, fortunately. Um... They worked a bit, but I think they were feeling it even more than me. Uh, came to the Orm and was greeted with that absolute wall of a climb. You start going up it, feel, okay, this is quite steep. I'm in my smallest gear. Hit the tram lines and then end up groveling even more up that and then turn right. And it gets even steeper and every single pedal stroke nearly ends up in a wheelie. But... um yeah, that was my day. Um, Alex, I think, was around top 25 on the stage. Um, so, yeah, all ready for tomorrow. And the next stage is coming and we'll see what we can do. Sprinter Matt Bostock nearly never made it to the Tour of Britain after a crash at the Tour series smashed his little finger. He passed a late fitness test, though, and he seems in great shape now. With a sprint stage on the cards for tomorrow, we asked our roving reporter, Ollie Gray, from Hunt Bike Wheels to put some questions to him. All right, Matt. So stage four, done and dusted. That was <laughs> pretty wild by the looks of things. But like in terms of being here in the first place, it's, it was obviously touch and go whether you'd make it to the Tour of Britain at all. Obviously, you, did, you were going to go into a, a run of Belgium races before this, but obviously you had a, a bit of an accident. So tell us about the crash and, and what happened and obviously the injury you suffered from it. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, in the tour series, the person in front of me crashed, um, left me nowhere to go, besides from a barrier and the, and the tarmac, so that was pretty, pretty awful time, really, I was going really well, and like you said, we had them Belgian races coming up, <clears throat> and then the Tour of Britain, so, yeah, that put a, a pretty large spanner in the works. Mm. And what was the, what was the extent of the injury? Did you, you break, you break your finger? Yeah, I broke, I broke my little finger, um, smashed it to a few pieces, basically, about six okay. pieces, so, yeah. And obviously, I assume that whilst that took you out of racing, was it still easy to sort of keep yourself in shape coming into the 
to the tour of Britain, no. Because I guess you you pretty much knew that your place. Well, you're you're in good shape, so I guess you you had a good idea that your your place was guaranteed. So we able to do a lot of training and we you riding straight away. Yeah, I mean, I'd I've had a have had a really good year. Um, had a few top tens at point ones, and yeah, I've been feeling really good. And I was keen to build on that in Belgium before we came to Tour Britain. So I was, I w- I wouldn't say I was confident I was guaranteed a spot, but I did think that my performance had had warranted that I'd be win in a good shout. Um, but now I did, I did two weeks on the turbo. Had a bit of time off first just to wrap my head around it all and try and see what what I I didn't know if I'd need surgery so I sort of just thought I may as well wait and see what the outcome of that was and then I did two weeks on the turbo and one week on the road basically and that was uh that was it. But I think I think the fact I was going well before it really helped because I had a bit of easy training like a week or so not really doing that much but I think that actually helped and I I needed that time off anyway, so I think if anything, yeah. it sort of obviously didn't work out well, but it meant that I could train on the turbo, and it was, it was, yeah, I I got enough done. Yeah, and how's the thing now? Obviously, we've seen that you've been racing with it pretty strapped up. Is it causing you any any aggro, or is it kind of do you sort of forget about it once you're off and going? Or uh, I got a bit of movement back, but the pain's still pretty bad. It's uh, it feels like <clears throat> every time I hit a pothole, someone's hitting me with a hammer basically <laughs> but it's it's getting better I think and yeah with like you said with the strapping it's it's helping and yeah once I'm racing it's it's the pain's elsewhere yeah. pretty much yeah um so coming on to the tour Britain how do you think what race has sort of gone for you so far pretty well I didn't obviously I didn't know what to expect but I think the form's the form's actually good um mm-hmm. rode into it helped the boys where I could and yeah, I felt really good today. Did a, did a job for Max where I, where I could on the leadings to climb. and yeah, It was a big I'm... shift. I think everyone saw that. That was a pretty big shift. And it seems like all the guys are riding into form as the race goes on, which I guess is what you want. Like, as we were just talking about before, like no one had a bad day today and you were pretty pretty up there. So Yeah, we. I think we took about a scruff of the neck in terms of just riding with confidence and not being scared to like, Drag race quick step if we have to. So, no, I think I think yeah, like you said, everyone's going well and the confidence is high, and there's still more to come. I think. Awesome. And think sort of talking about tomorrow and, and the rest of the stages. Are you expecting a bunch bunch finish tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, it should be. It's it's hilly early on, but they're not they're not too hard, and then it's it's flat, just pretty much. Yeah, it's pretty front loaded, yeah, isn't it? So. Um, um, I hope do you think, think it's a stage stage where you yeah have you did you sort of look at this stage before the tour and put a little ring around it or yeah this, sort of this, is, the races? This, this is the one I think yeah that's definitely going to be a sprint so yeah the pressure's on uh not yeah uh, I wouldn't want you to think that way but um it definitely is a is a sprint that suits you well um who who else are you looking at who are the other sprinters in the race that you seem to think are putting themselves in the right places and going going well. I think obviously Cav, Cav will be keen. Seems to be going well. Um, Gripe will probably equally keen, but don't know how he'll go. Um, mm. And then probably just people like Neil Zikoff. Obviously, Wout Van Aert is is just the master of everything. So <laughs> yeah, we saw that yeah. today. Um, and, and then like Hater. There's, there's a few fast guys, but I think yeah. I, I'd like to think it'd be geared up for Cav, and then yeah, we'll see how he can do. Cool.
All right. Well, thanks very much, Matt. Cheers. Sound over to you, Danny. <laughs> nice handover by Matt there. Perhaps we'll have to get him to turn interviewer tomorrow. Two of the standout young riders on the stage today were GB duo Bob Donaldson and Ollie Stockwell, both just 19. Stage one diary guest Bob was in the break today, while Ollie put in a strong performance up the Great Horn to finish 15th on the stage. They kindly took turns playing interviewer for us while the other was in the hot seat. Here's what they told us. Hi there, it's Ollie and Bob again at Tour of Britain doing a brief interview for the British Continental. Uh, I'm going to ask Bob some questions first. So first of all, was it always the plan to get in the break today? Uh, from probably after day one, we just I just kind of looked at it and was like, oh, that'd be a decent day for the break. If we can get over them hills, you might have a decent chance at the final. And so it's not always been the plan, but it was from plan for today to do it. So, yeah, basically. Explain how the break went. Um, it was five or six of us on the front row and we all sprinted off and then the rest behind stopped the bunch from coming through. So it was probably the easiest I've ever seen a break go. Um, didn't We had to go hard for this, to get the gap, but once the gap was there, yeah, didn't really have to try to get it. How did the rest of the stage go after that? Uh, well, the plan for me was to not do to do as little as I could whilst keeping the pace there because if the peloton wanted to bring us back, they could. So I was just gambling on keeping fresh for the final and hoping that I could get a hit out for myself. Um, so yeah, that was the plan basically. Are you happy with how that went, or would you have liked? Like, are you a bit disappointed that the break didn't? go further to the end uh, I'd say I'm pretty disappointed really my man Tom Glog ruined my day <laughs> by bridging across to us and then the peloton just weren't happy with it and they brought it back as soon as they could really um, I reckon if they didn't come across we would have had a not a chance of the final but we would have stayed out a lot further and so had a little run out I guess it's probably tested my legs yeah What's the plan? For, what's the team plan for tomorrow? Uh, it's all up in the air at the moment because our man Ethan hit the deck today and he looked pretty battered, but hopefully he'll be all right. And if he is all right, it'll be in for the sprint for him. We've practised our lead out quite a bit, me and Ollie, so hopefully we can do a decent job. Finally, no Bolton said in the commentary that you're a first net. Your real first name is Bob, not Robert. Which is it? And what What do the rest of your teammates call you? Um, my real first name's Robert. Um, yeah. And then I've just been called Bob since a kid. And so everyone just calls me Bob these days. Um, don't request it, but I'd pr- probably prefer it these days. Uh, so, yeah. Just get called Bob these days. Nice. Ah, I've got to ask Ollie some questions now. On to him. Um, talk us through how the stage went for you. Uh, yeah, I had quite a, good, a chilled stage today. Uh, the plan was for me and Bob to try for the break, but luckily for me, the uh, Bob got in it straight away. 
and they closed it off immediately. So I didn't have to do any of that. Um, so we got to just sit in all day, really. Uh, yeah, we didn't go that fast. <laughs> so did you get time to take in the scenery? Yeah, a little bit, at the start at least. Not so much towards the end when it did start going going hard, but yeah, it was, it was a nice use at the start. And the final of the race, talk us through how that went for you. Uh, yeah, so after we went over the first category, we caught and we caught the break. Uh, Bob did all he could for me, getting me in position and helping me until the bottom of that first little kicker where Bob, I think, ran out of legs a bit. <laughs> yeah. um, but he did a really good job getting me on uh, the back of Ethan, Hater. So then it was just, I was just by myself uh, trying to stay near the front, out of trouble, uh, away from people going backwards. Um, yeah, got bounced around a bit, but yeah. It wasn't too bad. Just how tough was that final climb of the Great Horn? Yeah, I didn't I didn't really look at how steep it was, <laughs> so it was a bit of a shock when I got to the bottom. And it was, yeah, it's pretty vertical and it goes on for a lot longer than you think. That TK drags out quite nicely. Um, you finished just 15th, well, 15th, just 41 seconds behind Bernard. Sum up how you are feeling after that. Yeah, pretty tired. <laughs> yeah, flat out for the last 2k. So I gave everything I had. So yeah, I think tired's the only thing that I could have been feeling. <laughs> Was that result a surprise? Uh, I'd hoped that I'd have the legs to be up there, but obviously you never know until you get to it how they're going to be after such a long. I don't think I've done a 210k stage before, so. You never know how that's going to affect you and how you're going to be coming out of that. But, yeah, I was happy with how the legs were, so... Yeah, pretty happy. Any other stages you got your eye on? Uh, I quite like taking it day by day, so... <laughs> I haven't looked in too much detail of the ones coming up, but I know... There's some hills. There's some hills, and that's that will be good for me, hopefully. But I think I don't think there's any more summit finishes. So, yeah, we'll have to see. It might be a bit more breakaway. Yeah. With a bit of hope. That's all from me and Ollie, so thank you. Finally, Rory was in the thick of the action today, resplendent in the light blue sprints jersey that he was caretaking for Ethan Hayter. He had a good day, so he had plenty to report. He always opens his dispatch with a hi, mate, which I normally edit out, but I've left it in today. Hi, mate. Hi, mate. So the plan today... Um was to set max up um for the finish yeah we knew that we knew the climb was pretty steep so um it did it certainly suited him best um and kind of felt like it would come down to a bit of a shootout up that climb um definitely didn't um plan for for jake to be in the break but that is that's just the way it went um when you tim had said to him to to um follow 66 and a couple of other riders um if if they went up the road just so it didn't become a problem further uh, further down the race so yeah when um when the global six guy went jake jake followed so um another um another good day for him um i i really enjoyed my day it was a really nice really nice stage um yeah i thought it was um 
yeah, it was pretty it was pretty impressive um seeing her out there today. So yeah, no, really enjoyed it from that from that perspective. And yeah, it was quite good fun. Like um it's um yeah, I tried to shake it up and, and make things a little bit more interesting. Um because you know, I kinda knew the finish wasn't gonna be for me. Um so yeah, I tried uh tried a little move um over the top of the over the top of um the national park uh, as we were coming towards the descent um thinking was that basically three riders had already gone away um so it made quite a strong group out front and we still had jake there so if i could jump across to them and try and get something working um it was mostly downhill and a tailwind all the way to the base of the um uh, all the way to great orms so i thought we might have a you know a good a good chance of of doing something and you know if nothing else it was just going to put us in a good position um for narrow roads and, and things like that so um yeah just just a uh, sort of shot in the dark um yeah the race is getting a bit sort of open and um there's a few moves flying off and um there was uh yeah there was a point where it looked like um, they were quite keen to, to let a move go, um, which they eventually did as the three riders clipped off. But just prior to that, I was with Dario and one other, and he he didn't seem keen. Um, he was saying the, the peloton are, the peloton are right there. What's the point? And I said that's you know they they closed the road down, so let's go. But he didn't. Um, yeah, I guess he didn't fancy it. So um, so yeah, we got taken back in, and then it was just about sort of getting in position to to enter um enter the circuit and um yeah put the boys in a decent spot going into the uh penultimate climb and then um i got back on just on the descent and, and tried to make my way through and but uh max was in a nice sort of spot um heading into it so yeah as we as we went into the final climb i, I pulled the pin and just um yeah, uh, tapped up it as easily as, a, as as you possibly can up a up a climb like that. So, um, yeah, I've got sort of designs on stages later on in the race, so I, I, I didn't need to do myself any extra damage today. So, yeah, that was that was basically what I was doing, just just taking it easy. Um, yeah, tomorrow's race um, looks. I think it looks like a nailed on sprint. Um, so a good one to get um to to give a uh, bostock uh bostock a hit out um and hopefully yeah we can keep the run of good results going thank you very much for listening if you enjoyed this episode then please do leave us a nice review you can subscribe on all the usual channels and you can follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at British Conti and on Instagram, we are at the British Continental. And please do visit our website for more interviews, journals, previews and news at thebritishcontinental.co.uk.